This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. This episode of Inputs is brought to you by Smart Nutrition MAP plus MST. Experience the latest, most efficient fertilizer system for delivering sulfur and phosphate to your crops throughout the entire growing season. Learn how to boost your soil's performance and maximize ROI with Smart Nutrition MAP plus MST at smartnutritionmst.com. Hi, welcome to this episode of Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. I'm Stephanie Crowley, the editorial director and your host for this episode. And today joining me is Dr. Alan Blaylock with Nutrien. Hi, Alan, how are you? Good morning, Stephanie, or afternoon, wherever our listeners may be. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Great to talk to you again. We've chatted in the past and uh, excited to get into a little bit of a discussion about phosphate uh, in crops today. Uh, But before we do, I was hoping you could, you know, give any of our new listeners a little bit of information about yourself and your background and and a bit of your role at Nutrien. Sure. So uh, I got a PhD in soil science out of uh, Iowa State University back in the 80s. And Uh, I worked for University of Wyoming as an extension soil specialist for some years before joining Nutrien's predecessor company, Agrium. Uh, I've been with the company for 25 years now, so uh, I provide technical support to customers, uh, farmers, and our retail customers. I will work with the product development teams, the marketing and sales teams, and uh, to some extent with some of the government agencies. I also coordinate with our university research projects that we sponsor as well. Oh, great. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about phosphate. And uh, let's start by maybe just giving uh, our listeners a bit of a primer on phosphate and, and you know, how it works in crops and why, why it's important. Right. So phosphorus, as everyone knows, is an essential nutrient for all living organisms. Phosphate is a key element in the, the molecules in plants and animals that transfer energy. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely essential. Now it's required in smaller amounts than nitrogen and potassium, but it is absolutely essential. It's one of the three primary nutrients. So N, P, and K, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium are three primary nutrients. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's management in soils can be a little bit tricky because there's a lot of phosphorus chemistry in the soil that can interfere with the availability of the phosphorus that's there. But Uh, We manage that with fertilizer uh, management practices, placement, timing, source, things like that. Right. But but it is an essential nutrient and and it is a very important nutrient. It's one to which many crops will respond. And particularly uh, in our uh, Canadian prairie crops, in our wheat producing country, many of those soils are low in phosphorus. So phosphorus is going to be essential in virtually all of those situations and many of those soils need additional phosphorus applied. It's also critical to getting a crop off to a good start and establishing yield potential such as tillering and wheat, uh, setting flower development in canola. So those crops are particularly sensitive to that phosphorus deficiency. Okay, that's good to know. So for anybody listening in Western Canada, they're probably already aware of the, the, the phosphorus needs for their crops. But, uh, you know, there's lots of different options out there. Today, we're going to talk a little bit particularly about uh, a product from Nutrien um, called Smart Nutrition Map or MAP plus MST. Um, can you explain a little bit about that product and perhaps 
you know, first of all, what does MAP plus MST even stand for maybe? Um, and and what, what the product does and uh, how it works. Yes, Stephanie, MAP plus MST really stands for monoammonium phosphate plus micronized sulfur technology. Okay. So it's the same MAP or monoammonium phosphate that we uh, make in our plant for uh, general distribution, but we add into the granulation, we infuse into that a micronized elemental sulfur material to add a third essential nutrient to that product. So it has some nitrogen, it has obviously phosphate, it's uh, is in the main ingredient there, but we add this micronized sulfur to add value to that product because those two are often needed together. Yeah, so I, I was hoping maybe you could elaborate on that a little bit too. Sure. Maybe just explain why is it so important to have, you know, micronized sulfur in addition to, to MAP? What's, what's the benefit of that? That's a great question. Um, over the last, um, really been occurring over the last several decades, but, but really has become more widely seen in the last 10 to 15 years. We're seeing a lot more sulfur deficiencies mm -hmm. across North America, but particularly in the eastern half of U.S. and Canada because of Clean Air Act in the U.S. requiring uh, the sulfur emissions to be removed from a lot of those manufacturing facilities in what was called the Rust Belt um, and the use of low sulfur coal and emissions cleaning. So, so the sulfur that was formerly being admit, uh, emitted and deposited on the land as fertilizer, basically, mm -hmm. it has now been removed. And, and if we look at atmospheric deposition of sulfur to the soil, uh, that has been greatly reduced to the point that in many cases, it's, it's very, uh, very small amount now, and certainly not enough to provide for crop nutrition. So what we've seen in this time, as air emissions have been cleaned up, a, a great reduction in the amount of sulfur that's available from that atmospheric deposition, therefore needing to add supplemental sulfur to our crops. Interesting. And then when you add the two together, it just gives it an added benefit as you were Right. Saying. And it's a convenient way to apply nitrogen, phosphorus, and sulfur all together in one granule, get okay. uniform distribution. There's a lot of advantages to that. Okay. Great. Thanks for uh, explaining that a little bit. So does the sulfur part of the product affect the salt index? Not in this particular product because the sulfur that is added to the map is elemental sulfur, which is not water soluble. So it's not okay. a water soluble salt. So it has no influence on the salt index. In fact, the salt index of MAP plus MST would be a little bit lower than conventional MAP okay. because the concentration of the other salts has been slightly diluted with the addition of the elemental sulfur. Okay. So does that um, affect uh, the application method of the product uh, in terms of, you know, rather doing seed place versus in furrow because of that low salt index? How does that, uh, how does that make a difference? Yeah, good question, because that's certainly related to salt index. So generally speaking, we would say you would use the MAP plus MST in the same way that you would use conventional MAP. Mm -hmm. It does, however, give you a bit of an advantage for seed place fertilizers because of the lower salt index and being able to put that sulfur in the seed row where our other 
tra uh, traditional form of sulfur might be ammonium sulfate, and that has a very high salt index. Mm -hmm. So if we were to blend conventional MAP with ammonium sulfate, um, we can't put a lot of that in the seed row because the ammonium sulfate's uh, pretty hot. But this is a way we can put that sulfur in the seed row and, and be safe um, because of the lower salt index. Okay, so that would be similar to other dry phosphates that you yes. normally do. So you would use it like you would uh, regular MAP, okay. but you get the sulfur along with it. Great, good stuff. Um, we've talked a little bit about this already, just in, in you know some of the benefits of using the combination, you know, Smart Nutrition MAP plus MST, mm -hmm. that combined product, rather than using straight straight MAP um, or or just you know. MAP on its own. Um, can you just kind of reiterate a little bit of the importance of that um, and perhaps maybe what some of the benefits are long-term of using a combined product like that? Sure. So the, the, combined, the combined product, as we've said, gives us the advantage of applying all of those nutrients. And particularly wheat and canola uh, tend to be responsive, especially canola responsive mm -hmm. to sulfur. Uh, we really probably should be applying sulfur all the time on canola. And, and one of the advantages of this product is that micronized sulfur is a slow release sulfur, mm -hmm. being elemental sulfur. So it provides us a slow release, but compared to some of the other sulfur products on the market, which can have very slow degradation times, this has an extremely small particle size, okay. uh, roughly 10 to 15 microns on average. So its oxidation rate is considerably faster than some of the other traditional elemental sulfur products. So we get both the availability that we need, plus the safety and the convenience of applying them all together. And particularly if we're using uh, elemental sulfur, many people have observed that it works great if they're applying that product every year. And, and so that elemental sulfur is providing a more or less continuous supply of available sulfur to the crop over a period of time. So okay. uh, it really works great to, to just use it every year uh, in your cropping sequence. Okay. Is it important to maybe talk about using a product like this after a very dry year? That's a, that's a, a great question. And it, the answer is probably not a straightforward answer. Um, in agriculture, it's always, it depends, right? For sure. Um, but there, there, may be, there, there may be reasons to, to use the, a product like this after a drought year. One of which is that we're eternal optimists. We're going to plant that crop and we know the crop's going to need the nutrients. Mm -hmm. Now, having had a dry year where maybe yields were greatly reduced in some areas that, that we've seen, you might have higher soil test levels remaining from the fertilizer you applied for the 2021 crop mm -hmm. and the crop didn't use it all. Mm -hmm. So you may have more residual remaining in the soil. You can identify that by soil test. So if you have a high residual soil test remaining, you may not need to apply as much phosphorus this year, or maybe in some cases you don't need to apply any. So that might affect how you choose to manage that product, uh, but, but certainly should be soil testing and, and watching for what the residual effects of that drought may be in terms of nutrient supply. Yeah, definitely. I always kind of joke that we can't stop talking about the drought because even though we'd like to just forget that it was, you know, a really frustrating and, and difficult growing season for, for a lot of folks, especially in the prairies, um, the, the long-term effects of it are going to, to impact, you know, our decisions for 2022 as well. So uh, it's good to keep that in mind. And as you said, you know, do your soil tests um, and, and be really mindful of what might still be left over from 2021 before you make choices for 22. So. 
Yes, um, that's an appropriate comment. And uh, what I like to, the way I like to advise growers is say, look, you, you need to still use the same sound agronomic principles. I, I, don't, I don't advise growers to make large changes in their program just because this year was a drought. Mm-hmm. Follow the same principles. You may make adjustments that may be some tweaking of things. So you've got some residual nutrients left. So some small reductions may be in order, but still follow the same sound agronomic principles and don't overreact mm-hmm. to that, particularly where we have these really high crop prices. Right. We don't want to do something that's going to hurt the next crop and, and impact the opportunity to, to make a good profit on the next crop crop with the high prices um, that we have that look like they're going to stay with us for uh, the next year. So mm-hmm. don't risk that coming crop by sacrificing sound agronomic principles. Yeah, absolutely. I think any any expert would be able to echo that advice. You know, we always have to make informed decisions. And and as you say, those those tried and true principles of, of agronomy are, are most important when it comes to, uh, especially after a difficult year, when it comes to making decisions for, for next year. So trust your instincts, I think is a little bit of a part of that as well. Trust your instincts trust our scientific knowledge. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of research about some of these different things. Yes, it's a bit unusual year, but you can look back at some of that research and get some ideas about how that's going to impact uh, the coming season as well. And we still believe that we're going to get rain for the next year, right? right. We wouldn't even be planting a crop or having this conversation. That's right. We have to be optimists. I, here I, I am sitting in Ontario today in, in December when we're recording this and it's, you know, 14 degrees Celsius today. So we just really never know what the, um, what mother nature is going to bring for next year, but we have to stay optimistic and, and uh, we, we, farmers wouldn't be in this business if, if we weren't a little bit optimistic. So. And because of these favorable weather conditions this fall, demand for fertilizer has been pretty strong this fall. Mm-hmm. And, and, Soil conditions and weather conditions even still are um, good in many areas for continuing to to make those applications. Uh, So we've had a a rare opportunity maybe to have a good open fall where we were able to get a lot of work done this fall. So that that's to to the growers advantage in most cases. Definitely. Great. Any other final thoughts or wisdom for growers as we look toward the 2022 season and, and kind of making decisions and starting to get plans in place for fertilizer needs? Well, we can, we can refer growers to our economics website, nutrient-economics with a K, mm-hmm. uh, where we have a lot of agronomic resources, articles on different types of things. We have some uh, return on investment calculators, ROI calculators on that website. So as they think about their decisions and maybe need some additional resources or information, research information that they, they may uh, want to tap into to, to look at, uh, to help them with those decisions. Um, check out our website. Um, there's a wealth of agronomic information there that, that might be beneficial to them. So drop us a line. If you have further questions, you can, there's a link there to reach out to our agronomy team and, and submit questions to us. So yeah, we welcome you to, to do that. Great. Well, thanks again, Alan. It's great to chat with you and always good to hear your insights. So appreciate you coming on the podcast today. My pleasure, Stephanie. Happy to do it. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts.